You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James. We have made it. It is week one of the NFL preseason. Welcome everybody to the Ride in DFS and betting podcast. Today's episode will focus on preseason DFS strategy. Traditional slate, multiple games, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, defense, that type of thing. If you're looking for a single game showdown strategy, I did that last week right before the Hall of Fame game. You can check that out. I believe the podcast is from August 3rd or 4th. Before we get into the show though, Please rate and review this podcast if you have not done it. It really helps me out. It helps the podcast get to the top of the charts on Apple and Spotify and Stitcher, etc. And in turn helps me get sponsors who keep the show free for you. The second thing is runthesims.com. Justin Freeman's new fantasy national golf type website for football where you can you know, build custom projections, run simulations for showdown lineups is live. Use the promo code RIDE over there. You will get yourself a nice little discount, and then you'll have all these crazy tools at your disposal for you to input, or you could use their own, but you can input your own projections, change different things um, for different teams. If you think someone is going to get extra carries or someone's going to get extra targets, you could bump up percentages, move things around, and spit out simulations based on what you think is going to happen in each game. Really cool tool. I'm going to be using it a ton this season. Use the promo code RIDE over at runthesims.com. Okay, let's get into the preseason DFS strategy show, and then a couple of headlines, a couple of things that I dug up from beat writers and press conferences, camp reports, etc., that I think will help you. Now, my full article will be on 4 for 4. So if you want to know uh, pretty much every player that's going to be in my pool or the players that are going to be in my pool the most, the the players that I'm going to be using uh, the most heavily for the preseason DFS slate on Thursday night, you do have to go over to 4for4.com and check that out. But I will give you uh, the tip of the iceberg, so to speak. All right. The first thing I will say about preseason DFS, and it's pretty much the main rule, is playing time is king. Uh, Talent is we'll say talent is queen but playing time is king and the way that you figure out or at least take your best guess uh who is going to be on the field is is trifold so there's the first thing is press conferences coach speak right you can and i do this i i go through all the press conferences the post game uh press conferences excuse me post practice press conferences anytime a coach is saying something in the media uh, usually the media does a good job of asking them, you know, what are the splits this week? Who's going to play? Who's going to start? How many quarters for the starters? Who are we going to see a lot of, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes they'll divulge that information. Sometimes they won't, but they'll at least give them something. For instance, last week, Mike Tomlin said that Rudolph was going to start. Haskins was, was going to play, uh, was going to end the first half. Josh Dobbs was going to end the second half. It ended up that Rudolph played almost the entire first half. He played like a quarter and a half, um, Haskins played the rest of the first quarter and then the third quarter and then Dobbs kind of came in to finish it out. So while that wasn't exact what Tomlin said, he did give us a good idea of what was going to happen. So you definitely want to listen to uh, what the coaches are saying for the most part. You know, sometimes it could be misleading. Sometimes they could say things and then completely change their mind in game. But at least that's a good start. 
The second way, and this is probably the most accurate way to to go about it, but it doesn't always come to fruition. It doesn't all we don't always have this scenario create itself is when there are injuries and you know a, a certain position on the depth chart is very thin. So there's only two running backs on a roster that are going to be active during a preseason game or the first three tight ends on a roster are all banged up and there's only two active tight ends. Something of that nature, right? Um, in the in the final week of the preseason, they say they're not playing uh, the starter and the second string guy is nicked up. And so we have one guy that's going to play the entire game. That's happened before. Obviously, that is huge. That is why playing time is king. And I say talent is queen because in these preseason games, there's a lot of scrubs on the field. So if we can get a guy on the field that is very talented, has, you know, a was productive in college, has good combine numbers, we know that they're a freak athlete, and can just flat out outplay the guys that they're going to be on the field against, that's definitely number two. Talent is queen. So even if they're only playing a quarter or a quarter and a half, or we can't really even guess how long they're going to be in the game because they're in, they're a wide receiver in a you know, like a 11 or 12 man depth chart. Um, and we can just assume that they'll probably play a quarter and a half or so, you know, they'll, they'll be trotted out there with a third and fourth unit or something like that. If they're making buzz in camp, they're a talented player. That is, that is second. Um, and a lot of times it's a combination of the two. Sometimes we don't know the playing time for a team. Like this week, playing time is, is kind of up in the air for most of the teams that we are going to be talking about for Thursday night's games. So we can we can kind of guess uh, which units will be on the field the most, but uh, you know talent is going to win out often in preseason. Okay, let's go positionally here. So for some things to look at, obviously quarterback, we want the rushing upside from quarterbacks. That's no different than than regular season, but especially in preseason where they aren't going to be out there for an entire game, racking up passing yards, getting a passing bonus, throwing touchdowns. Oftentimes, you know, uh, 30, 40 yards rushing on on two plays could be the difference in a quarterback being the optimal play uh, or not being the optimal play. So guys that can run, definitely a huge bonus in the preseason when, you know, guys are only out there for a quarter or two at a time. One run, two runs can make a huge impact on the bottom line of, of a fantasy score for quarterbacks during the preseason. At running back, uh, you know, you, I really tend towards guys that are going to catch passes or have some type of pass catching pedigree. Again, if you're only going to be on the field for a quarter or two and you're not going to be able to rack up 100 yards rushing and you're not going to be able to score two touchdowns, what are the things that are easy points in a quarter or two? Well, hopefully he falls. Hopefully the guys that we roster fall into the end zone, sure, get a goal line carrier too. But if you're going to find a guy that can get two or three targets, catch them, you know, tack on 30 yards, three for 30, three for 20, something like that. Five, six points is a lot to add um, in a preseason slate. Like we have to erase all the notions of workhorse or the typical things you think about when you are when you are creating a regular season roster. The second thing is about correlation, and it's definitely smart to correlate, right? Like if you're playing, I'll even use last week's game, as an example, if you're playing Josh Dobbs in a lineup, right, the guy who, the fourth string quarterback who was in the game to end 
uh, the Hall of Fame game, it was smart to play Matthew Sexton and Tyler Simmons with him because they were on the bottom of the depth chart, right? The bottom quarterback on the depth chart is obviously going to be throwing to the bottom wide receivers on the depth chart. Same thing with Dwayne Haskins. He's the third string quarterback at the moment. He was on the field with guys like Anthony Johnson and Rico Busey. So those were the guys that you wanted to stack with him. Those were who his pass attempts went to. So correlate the units. Um, It doesn't really make sense to have, it's okay to have uh, like a fourth string wide receiver. Like if you're creating a lineup, uh, a traditional DFS lineup, and you have the second string quarterback who's going to start the game and play a quarter and a half, it's okay to have a fourth string wide receiver, a fifth string wide receiver from that team on that same roster. In fact, it's a good way to get unique. Uh, But I would also have one player from the second unit that he can correlate some points with, right? A second unit wide receiver as well. It's fine to add like a fourth string tight end because that that fourth string tight end might play the entire second half, catch passes from a different quarterback, and still be in the optimal lineup. That's fine. But you definitely want to have at least one receiver that is going to be playing at the same time as the quarterback that you have rostered. I feel like that is common sense. That's the other thing, and that brings me to another point. Don't be afraid to roster players across units. And what I mean by that is a lot of times, uh, you know, when I'm making preseason DFS lineups, I'll have the first running back. Like, let's say there's two running backs that are healthy that are going to get the majority of the snaps. Put them both in the same lineup. That's okay. They're not going to eat into each other's workload if one's playing the first half and one's playing the second half. It's an okay way to get unique on these small slates. Now, I wouldn't do that for the most part on like a slate like Saturdays, I think there's like eight or 10 or 11 games or something like that. Probably not the best idea, but on these smaller slates, definitely, you you can definitely roster players from different units on the same team. Um, Tight ends, just pick out the freaks. The The guys that are just athletically gifted tight ends, not plotters, um, you have to roster them, obviously, in this format. So uh, I have a, I have a one to talk about um, in, a, in a couple minutes that's been getting a ton of buzz in camp. It's been really making plays for a certain team that's on this Thursday slate. They're the kind of players, the freaks at tight end. Or if, I mean, obviously, if, if there's only two healthy tight ends and one guy's playing the whole first half, one guy's playing the whole second half, they're obviously in play as well. But definitely the the quote-unquote combine freak type guys at tight end during the pre-season. Defense is funny. Um, You know, I want to just tell you to just plug in whoever because it really doesn't matter, but I do think that there are some things that you can do with defense that make sense. So if you know that one team is playing their starters, their first unit longer than the other, you can kind of tend to have a little bit more of them in your player pool, right? So like the Steelers last week were the optimal captain, uh, just the optimal play period. Their first unit played a little bit longer than the the Cowboys' first unit. And you'll see that sometimes, you know, like sometimes one team will play their starters two quarters, the other team will only play their starters one quarter. So for a whole quarter, that starting defensive unit gets to go against the second or third string running backs, receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks, etc. That is a it's a small advantage. 
I'm not saying that there's any that I have any data to back that up, but I just feel I, it makes me feel a little bit more comfortable knowing that I have starters going against backups if I know one team is playing their starters a bit more than the other. The other one is if you know that a team doesn't really have many playmakers starting on offense. Right, so if a team is absolutely benching their starters, or you know two quarterbacks are hurt, and all we're getting is like for instance the Redskins this week. Let's just say this is a hypothetical; it's not actually happening. Let's just say they said Ryan Fitzpatrick and Taylor Heineke aren't playing in this game. It's going to just be uh, Steven Montez for four quarters. We don't want to get those guys injured. We'll introduce them. Uh, to some playing time in the second and third preseason game. Well, Steven Montez is getting four quarters. I'm probably locking in the Patriots because Montez has been absolutely wretched in camp. Um, Same thing with the Steelers. Like this week, you know, Jalen Hurts has had like seven passes batted down in a row in practice yesterday. Uh, And, you know, Joe Flacco reportedly looks terrible. He's literally feet in cement back there, probably going to get sacked a few times and Nick Mullins has reportedly looked good but he's still Nick Mullins so they really don't have the Eagles aren't really trotting out a ton of talent on offense we'll say uh, at least not for for much of the game so you know maybe I'll lean towards the Steelers in that instance so those are just some things to look at but for the most part defense is uh, just like it is in the regular season is pretty volatile pretty unpredictable one other thing I will say is a lot of times if you know who is going to be returning kicks, I will pair them up with the defense. Now, this is not a strategy that I support in the regular season. The quote-unquote double dip uh, in the regular season is not something that I am very fond of, right? Like Deontay Harris and the Saints defense or Isaiah Ford and the Dolphins defense or whoever it may be, like forcing that in the, in the regular season is just dumb. It's not dumb in the preseason because a lot of these guys that are getting extended looks in, on special teams are also playing the whole third and fourth quarter at running back and receiver, right? So, you know, a guy like Deontay Harris is getting maybe one or two targets during the actual offensive portion of the Saints regular season games, even though he is returning kicks and punts. And if he does return one, you get you double dip with the defense. It's a little bit less risky during preseason because those guys are also going to be on the field a ton as a wide receiver. So you're still you still could get four catches for forty yards out of them, uh, with the added bonus of maybe they they run one back and then you have the double dip with the defense. Just counting on the double dip by itself without any offensive production is dumb in the regular season but it's okay in the preseason. I actually like it in the preseason because they will also be rotating in at their actual position, whether it be wide receiver, running back, whatever. Okay, let's talk about the four storylines that I think will help you build uh, some rosters this week, this Thursday night, week one, two games, Patriots, Redskins, Steelers, Eagles. The first one is the next Ralph Webb. If you are not familiar with Ralph Webb, he's a preseason darling of the Patriots. They ran him into the ground. He had multiple touchdowns in some preseason games. Um, you know, the whole second half, they basically just let him carry the rock. Won me a good bit of money. Won a lot of people that were sharp and were on him uh, a good bit of money two and three years ago. I've listened to a lot of 
of podcasts of beat reporters. I've I've listened to press conferences. I've I've looked at you know um, practice reports, etc. And I've even heard one beat reporter on a podcast say that he thinks the next Ralph Webb, meaning like Sony Michelle, James White, Damian Harris, like these guys are are going to get in the game at the start, right in the first quarter or so. But they are not going to play a ton. And there is one guy in particular that he thinks may be the Ralph Webb of this preseason, meaning, you know, gets the last 10, 12, 15 carries of the second half when the when the Patriots are just trying to get out of there. And his name is J.J. Taylor, former Arizona Wildcat running back, has some pass catching chops as well. Uh, so J.J. Taylor is an interesting storyline for the Patriots-Redskins game. On the other side of the ball, uh, I'm interested in how much Taylor Heineke plays, right? So I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick being the supposed starter in the first week of the preseason is going to play a ton. Uh, Maybe he gets a quarter at most. uh, But I also don't think that they're going to throw Steve Montez to the Wolves, who is their fourth-string quarterback, Kyle Allen is their third. He's hurt. He's not going to play. I would say, like if I had a guess right now, I would say Fitzpatrick gets the first, Montez gets the fourth, and I think maybe Heineke gets one and a half to two quarters there in the middle, which, you know, and that's a guess. A lot of screwy things can happen in the preseason, right? Like the Patriots could have like a nine-minute, 14-play drive, and all of a sudden, you know, one or two series for Fitzpatrick takes them to almost the, the the end of the first half. It, it's happened before. But I do think Taylor Heineke is going to get a good portion of the playing time for the Redskins. I could be wrong, but I that's what I'm going to bank on. I don't think Steven Montez, who probably won't even make this team, um, is going to get a ton of look in this first preseason game, especially since he has been like, by all reports, pretty bad. So I don't think they're just going to let him flounder out there for two quarters or anything like that. So I think Heineke, I mean, we saw last playoffs, he has some rushing chops. I like Heineke, and I like J.J. Taylor on the other side of the ball for the Patriots. On the Steelers' side, um, I'm interested to see, you know, Mike Tomlin came out and said that it's going to be pretty much the exact same playing time. If that's the case, James Washington and... The first unit, as well as James Washington, are are interesting for me, right? So Najee Harris had like seven or eight touches, uh, rushes plus plus targets. Uh, the the first unit stayed out there for a quarter and a half. You know, Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson were getting the ball slung their way. I'm not saying that that's going to happen again this week, but if the starters play again, like they did last week, I I could see James Washington. Uh, rotating in and playing another. He play, he basically played two quarters plus some, two plus. So I think, and then there's talk about he wants to trade, then there's talk about that's made up, he doesn't want to trade. I could see him coming out pretty motivated in this game, James Washington, Mason Rudolph, those starters, even Najee Harris. So I think it's okay. Basically what I'm telling you is it's okay to play some Steelers starters because Mike Tomlin said they're probably going to get the same amount of time close to it, which was... Um, a quarter and a half in the Hall of Fame game. And for the Eagles, there is a tight end, a freak tight end, like I mentioned. His name is Tyree Jackson. He is the former quarterback for the University of Buffalo uh, in the ilk of Logan Thomas, right? College quarterback, transitioning to tight end, 
The Philadelphia Beat reporters have mentioned on multiple occasions and multiple reporters have mentioned that he is just shining in camp and Joe Flacco cannot take his eyes off him. I don't know how much, you know, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz will be rotating in. I can see I can see Tyree Jackson playing a little bit with the first unit and I could see him playing like across units, like a first unit, second unit type player. Uh, I think he will get enough looks to warrant being in your tight end slot in some lineups this week. All right, so there's another Philadelphia Eagles receiver that I think, you know, every single beat reporter has mentioned his name. There's an, there's actually another Patriots running back outside of J.J. Taylor who beats think could, you know, really get some run in this game. And, you know, a host of other players that will be my player pool that you can find written up on four for4.com. Good luck in all of your preseason DFS contests. See ya.